Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right. Welcome to episode 261. Shorter episode this week, less news. I think people are taking a breath before 2021. Starting off with security news, FireEye has published additional details about the Sunburst backdoor, including anti-analysis mechanisms, domain generation algorithms, C2 behaviors, and malware modes of operation. And Kevin Mandia, who started Mandiant, says the true target for the operation was probably only around 50 companies, even though thousands were actually affected. CERT says there's a SolarWinds Orion API authentication bypass that allows for remote code execution. Google has disclosed a newly unpatched Windows Zero Day in the Print Spooler API. And Palantir has just got a new contract with the UK's NHS, which is really just a bunch of private organizations associated with the NHS. Basically, every time people think Palantir is dead, they spring back to life. They've been around for around 17 years, have never actually been profitable. They lost millions of dollars in 2019. And they actually said in their recent financials that they might not ever be profitable. And on top of all of that, most of the income that they do have comes from just a few customers. But somehow they keep getting interest and additional contracts. I think we might have truly moved from the multiples of earnings valuation model, which is essentially based in reality, to a narrative model where it's like, what is the story here? You know, what's the potential if we just put aside all the, you know, air quote numbers? What's the real story here? And what could this potentially turn into? And that reminds me a lot of 1999-2000 and the dot-com burst. Technology news. DeepMind's latest AI can master games without being told their rules. So first they created AlphaGo, which beat the best human players at Go. Then they created AlphaZero, which beat that one with no input whatsoever except for just learning the rules. So it wasn't trained, it just had to know what the rules were. And now this new one called MooZero can beat all of those without even being told the rules. Yeah, definitely not scary at all. Facebook Engineering has created a mobile network connectivity system, which is basically a giant cell tower called Supercell, that gives 15 to 65 times the range and coverage of traditional mobile towers. They're publishing it as a standard for various players in the industry to use, so they're not actually making them themselves. Looks like cool tech, actually, and it stops you from having to make all those other towers, like you know, one to 10, or I'm not sure what the ratio is, but you have to make far fewer towers, just have this one massive one. 
Now, if they could just control the conspiracy theories on Facebook about how dangerous these things are actually going to be, good luck with that. But I mean, if someone's going to try to control conspiracy theories on Facebook, might as well be Facebook. Square is supposedly trying to buy Tidal, which coincidentally I just got back into Tidal over the last couple of weeks. The app is way better than I remember. I think they're really improving it. I'm absolutely loving the MQA content, which is basically uh, master quality content, it's higher fidelity, really good stuff. But it still leaves me no clue as to why Jack Dorsey would try to acquire them. I mean, we've got Twitter, we've got Square, now a music service. Definitely not hating or being skeptical, just genuinely curious how he's looking to fold this in. Human news. Korea set the new world record of a 20-second long artificial sun running at 100 million degrees. And in unfortunately probably not unrelated news, a new paper from NASA's JPL says that other civilizations in the Milky Way probably killed themselves off due to, air quotes, progress. Yeah, just leaves me wondering, is a 20-second long, 100-million-degree artificial sun an example of that progress? Probably. The British Center for Economics and Business Research says that China will pass the U.S. in economic strength in 2028, which is five years earlier than they previously forecasted, and this is largely due to its superior handling of COVID. A study has found that people taking acetaminophen, or Tylenol, better known as, are more open to taking risks, such as bungee jumping or being outspoken in an important meeting. There's clear data on which majors in college make the most in industry, but very few students are aware of the data or are actually following the advice laid out in the data. And they gave a couple of examples of where, like, you can get an associate's degree from a really crappy school in a particular field, like they mentioned some kind of electrical engineering, and make more money than someone graduating from Harvard in these other degrees. And evidently, this data is just out there, and nobody's really paying attention, or at least taking action based on it. The Chinese producer of Netflix's The Three-Body Problem series, which is, it's a series of books, but this is a, um, you know, a uh, TV or whatever production of it. This uh, Chinese producer of the series has been killed by poisoning. The series is also being run by the producers of Game of Thrones, who did the TV series for that, which uh, that's two knocks against it for me. Like, the producer gets killed by poisoning, and the Game of Thrones people are making it. Sounds like it's going to be amazing in the beginning, and all the wrong people will die at the end. And maybe the hero will somehow turn out to be a Nazi. Salmon are spawning in the upper Columbia River for the first time in more than 80 years. It's going to be sad when things get better and the salmon go away. Ideas and analysis, three metrics that will indicate we're taking security seriously. 
So what would the metrics be that would indicate that we're actually, you know, doing the right thing for security within our society? And I've got three metrics here that uh, I think would capture that. Whose life are you living? Are you living the life you imagined or the life that happened to you? So those were my two essays for this week. Updates. I finished Anna Karenina, finally. Not sure really what to do from here. Not sure if there are like forums that I go talk about my thoughts. Like literature departments at colleges. Not really sure how to process it. My TLDR is basically deeply insightful about a certain kind of people that existed at this time. And I'm sure still exist in some places now. It's a bit depressing, especially the end. And it's got a glimmer of nebulous hope, I would say. But anyway, already on to the next books. So I started The Salmon of Doubt, Salmon of Doubt, some people pronounce it, which is a collection of essays by Douglas Adams, who died on a treadmill in Santa Barbara in like 2001. Very strange story. But anyway, a bunch of his loved ones collected some um, hard drive files from his his computer, and uh, assembled this book. I'm also starting Homeland, which is January's UL Book Club of the Month. And I unfortunately watched the new Wonder Woman movie, which was horrendously bad. Like, unspeakably horrible. The plot was atrocious, the CGI was abysmal. Like, not believable in the slightest. And the acting just caved to peer pressure, seems like. I normally don't get bothered at all by bad movies, but I really was looking forward to this like little gem during Christmas time at the end of the year, especially 2020. And I really enjoyed the other Wonder Woman movies, and the reviews were supposedly great. So I was excited. And uh, this one completely trashed what they had built, and I would give it a 1 out of a 10. And I'm re-adding the UL supporter designation to any product in the discovery section that is supporting the show in any way. Um, I explained in an essay, which I link to in the newsletter this week, you know, why I didn't want to do that and why I thought it was just cleaner aesthetically to just, you know, mention it one time in a blog post. And I talked about it with, with uh, members in the Slack channel and everyone was fine with just mentioning it and not going off into like oh sponsored or whatever. But I decided to side with radical transparency over the design aesthetic, even though we talked about it in the group. I think my long-term audience gets me and the problem is not everyone is part of that long-term audience, right? So think if it's ever a question, just side with transparency as a policy. So that's what I'm doing. And speaking of that, Discovery, Social Analyzer, a local tool for finding a person profile across 300 social media websites. I've always wanted to build this thing. Evidently, it's a local server. Um, you basically stand up a, uh, a node server, and you type in a name, and it searches across like 300 different sites and finds out if that username is... Uh, an active account on that different service. That's pretty cool. Canary Tools, a high signal 
and low effort way to find out who's poking around your network without permission, which seems like it might be timely right now. And uh, this is a UL supporter, uh, thinks Canary. So thanks to the crew over there. Kenzer, automated web assessment, enumeration, and scanning. 100 tips for a better life. This is from the Less Wrong group, which love their new web design. Bit of a non sequitur, but yeah, really cool 100 tips. It's just like a bulleted list. Just really high quality stuff. The um, Less Wrong group over there, especially the guy who runs it, I can't remember his name. Um, super smart guy. Met him once down in Silicon Valley somewhere. Quite a character, but anyway, really cool website, which you should check out once you go to that link. There's a new version of the Tron Legacy soundtrack, including a MQA version on Tidal. It's an expanded release, and yeah, also in higher quality. So if you like electronic music and or Tron, you should definitely check this out. Got a cool essay here by Benedict Evans, Platforms, Bundling, and Kill Zones. A realistic and healthy way to become a 10x developer. And ask Hacker News, what's the best paid Gmail replacement? Recommendation for the week. Make a commitment to call a couple of friends instead of just texting. I tend to not like phone calls until I'm on them but I like to avoid phone calls. I, I really enjoy texting and texting is great. It's way better than nothing. And I, I try to make use of it so I can really just reach out and let people know I'm thinking of them. So I try to text a lot, but there's no replacement for hearing the other person's voice and obviously no replacement for face-to-face, -face, but obviously difficult right now. So phone calls. I would say if you're texting with a lot of people and you really care about particular people, take the extra time and cognitive load and effort and start the phone conversation. Uh, you know, invest in the relationship a little bit more by hearing each other's voices. I think it's a massive upgrade over texting. And keep the texting going, right? To have that constant contact, but try to punctuate that with voice calls. And this is, uh, like a lot of these recommendations, this is a recommendation for myself as well. In the aphorism for the week, we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. Seneca. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again in 2021.